0: As always, it's Chewy Darso,
1: Hi, Emily Blake. Oh yeah. And Jonathan Artisy.
2: I came back alive and now I died again. <laughs> Jesus. These are
0: two good cold opens. This one actually a little bit more literal. Uh, uh, special guest this week, we have Sam Garrison back. Hello. Uh, Sam, how you been doing?
3: I'm good, but I'm developing a complex. You keep inviting me to discuss like white trash abuse victims.
0: <laughs> Swear it's not intentional. <laughs> it's funny that. I mean, they're my people. Like <laughs> I mean, you're here for Jumanji. Yeah. yeah.
4: There just happened to be a lot of good movies about that recently. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah,
3: Good. Some
4: you don't like movies. this movie?
3: Well, Three Billboards wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm listen to our three episode. Yeah. <laughs> um All right, we can do a quick where have you been doing? I'm not gonna go first. Who wants to go first?
3: I have a good one. Go for it. Okay, so it's a bit of a story. So I went to watch Kingsman Golden Circle last night because my fiance made me, even though the first one was butt and it was as predicted, <laughs> super butt. Yeah, there's but,
4: a particular scene in that
3: movie that I <sighs> loathe. So nasty. Anyway. So as a palate cleanser, because we had like some good beers last night, and I didn't want to waste them on a shitty Matthew Vaughn movie, I suggested something that my coworker had recommended to me called Agretzko, and it is a Sanrio cartoon but for adults.
4: I've read about it. It's amazing.
3: Agretzko is a little fox who works an office job. Red panda. Red panda, and. She, um, but she works a desk. She's a desk jockey. She hates her job. She hates her life. She's bored. She's 25. Her life is at a standstill and she has a chauvinist boss. And to kind of combat this, instead of crying in the restroom, she goes and screams metal songs. Nice. And it's amazing. And then she goes and rents a karaoke booth at night and screams metal songs. And all of them are like legit metal. It's hilarious. And it's all about like her challenges in life and everything. And the metal is all i think not dubbed i think it was originally in english because the subtitles are like baked into the cartoon in japanese and then they have english subtitles on top of it while she's singing in english it's a total trip but i highly <laughs> recommend everyone watch it episodes are only like 10 to 15 minutes long and it's oh, cool. amazing
2: i was gonna ask that about the time length uh, i will have to check that out sounds pretty good
3: i think you would like it also the soundtrack is available on spotify i learned <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> really
0: nice I will go with – I'm stuck between a few of them, but the one I'm going to go with because I'm getting the most enjoyment out of it is Arrested Development Season 4, Fateful Consequences, which if you did not watch Arrested Development Season 4 the first time, it was just called Arrested Development Season 4, and then with Season 5 coming up, they went, hey, do you remember how, to use the word, but, uh, Season 4 was? Uh, they went back and recut the entire thing, so now it goes chronologically – Everyone is in every episode. Uh, they cut down the episodes from like 40 minutes to 22 minutes, like they're supposed to be. And it works so much better. Because like,
5: it's pr- structured like a TV
0: episode. Yeah, and it's structured like a TV episode. It's structured like Arrested Development. You actually have the people in it that you want to see now. You don't have these random episodes of just Job for an hour. And it's like, I mean, I guess it was kind of funny at parts, but I don't know why I'm still following this. Like, it just, the season four did not work for me at all. Yeah, I bounced. Almost immediately with the pacing. Oh, and three episodes. Yeah, it just wasn't great. And then rewatching this redone, it's like, if this had come out, there'd have been a season five already because we would have all been screaming for it because this is so much better. Like it's still the lesser of the Arrested Development seasons, but this one's kind of like the if this is as bad as it gets, then I'm gonna love everything Arrested Development does.
5: Never underestimate the importance of editing. Yeah,
0: and it's hell yeah. It is so 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 impressive, and uh, if you've been avoiding it or kind of fell off the Arrested Development train because of how bad it was originally I strongly suggest you go back because I was right there I did not like it it kind of ruined a lot of Arrested Development for me and it's really nice to kind of have it back I haven't been back since then because yes like yeah. you said
2: it was a ruining moment for me yeah
0: it was it was upsetting how many
3: and episodes is the new or the recut season? 22 oh okay cool
0: yeah it's a full season of 22 minute episodes they lost some stuff they 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 definitely had to fix some things, and the fix doesn't go perfectly. Like, they have to green screen in some people because they're like (laughs) hidden before, but now if they want to do it chronologically, they have to be there. So, they try to overlap some footage, and it works sometimes. Sometimes you can see the green outlines of people, and it's like, it's a little eh. And they throw in some like wild lines they didn't have before to try to make things make sense. And those are really obvious. Like, oh, your face is away from us. This is clearly not you talking right now. Um, but it's good enough where it's like the content is still solid and you can still enjoy it and just kind of forgive the strings, if you will. Uh, that's it for me, though.
4: Um. <clears throat> I was really hyped up, and then I got Brian really hyped up for the new episode of The Goldbergs, Mm. uh, because the internet was like, Rick Moranis is going to be in the next episode of The Goldbergs. Fuck
0: The Goldbergs. (laughs) I'm done with that fucking show. Oh, no. What happened?
4: The show is still... I still enjoy the show. They definitely feel like they are kind of circling the drain of inspiration, Mm. Uh and we just do not care about the daughter anymore. So the subplot of her dropping out of college to start a band was just annoying. I'm like, she's just being dumb, okay? You, 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 it's the 80s. College is still important in the 80s, and it's not that expensive. Just finish your frickin' college degree. <laughs> and then go to Los Angeles and start a band. But whatever. The, the problem <laughs> is is that we were promised Rick Moranis' return his return we like just to see his face see him do something the whole episode we're like all right rick moran all right nope. where the fuck is rick moranis because it was supposed to be a spaceballs uh themed episode and you don't get rick moranis till the episode is done it's kind of like a cut sequence at the in the credits type of thing but it's in the episode at the very very end and it's a dream sequence And it's not actually Rick Moranis; it's a voiceover of him as Dark Helmet, and it doesn't even sound like him. So I was just like, "What? (sighs) No! (laughs) This is not what I wanted." Damn! I was—we were so disappointed.
0: I was already kind of off the Goldberg train, and that one just kicked me off like no ticket. I was totally "Ah, off the train. (laughs) This
5: used to be one of my favorite shows, and now I'm just frustrated and I feel cheated. that's yeah, wh- mishandling of that any other response from that they had to know people were gonna be pissed don't I,
0: advertise rick moranis in your show and then not put rick moranis in your show to people
2: like us uh, who really miss him yeah. on
0: screen i totally respect his reasoning for stepping away oh, yeah, like it totally. makes sense i get it
4: like i but, thought it was going to be a sort of thing where he played a like some sort of teacher we've never seen before and you'd be like i don't know why you liked the space ball so much like something like that i thought it'd be a fun little cameo like that
0: like, like, done with other people throughout yeah. the entirety of that show. Especially when they bring out people from his actual life, and they have them play, like, like kind of against type from what the episode's about. Like, they've done such great things in that show, and then this last season has just been, like, we're out of ideas. Like, we got greenlit for another season, but we didn't have material yeah, for it. it
4: really feels like...
0: Mm.
4: All right, the nineteen eighties something is starting to wear itself a little bit thin, because th- chronologically, the way you've covered movies makes no sense anymore at this point. And... I still I want still want to love the show, but it I don't know. I am sure they're getting another season. I hope that they figure themselves out and their writing gets back to being as funny as it used to be.
0: Or they just stop.
4: Yeah, or or just just don't be like The Office where you drill it into the ground and then everyone stops liking you at all.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe just pick, take this time and don't. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> be like Seinfeld. Just be like, "All right, we need to stop."
0: Even they kind of overstayed their welcome that last season, but the last season still has some amazing episodes. But whatever, Emily, what about you? Where have you been doing? Uh,
5: I want to give a brief before I talk about what I really want to talk about. I do want to give a shout out to Blackish. Uh, they have an ongoing storyline. Um, spoiler alert for Blackish, uh, where the the parents have been moving steadily toward divorce. And they have not shied away from it. That would have been an easy topic to do one episode where their marriage was in trouble. They went to counseling. Ha, ha, ha. Now they're back together. Instead, it has not gotten better. Their relationship has gotten steadily more toxic and not even toxic, like abusive or anything. Nobody's in the wrong. And that's what else is really great about it is nobody's particularly wrong. They're just acknowledging that sometimes marriages go, you know, go wrong. And as a child of divorce who is now a divorcee, uh I really 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 appreciate that they're doing that cuz most sitcoms do not go there. Um Is that
0: where Gronish is coming out of?
5: I guess. I, I haven't been watching Gronish. Okay. But it started I think it's in its second season. Or I still thought it was in its first, first. Still but it's first. I could be wrong. But. but yeah, I mean she's experiencing things too and sometimes they'll put her in episodes and you, they make connections, but it's never annoying. Um yeah, so I appreciate that, but I also want to talk about um, Wyatt Snack's problem areas on HBO. I really enjoy it. It's, I've seen a couple episodes now. It's a new show. Uh, Wyatt Snack, if you know, uh, he was on the Daily Show for a bit. He's a really he's a really great comedian. His delivery is very sort of, eh, deadpan. You know, like this is life. Um, but he is going about. It's it's not as much on, I mean there is comedy but it's not really a comedy show it's it's about uh, policing in America and the relationship between cops and minorities and he's pretty much focusing exclusively on that and every episode he's finding a new way he's also doing other stuff um, as little side bits but every episode is kind of focusing on the history of uh, police and people of color interaction and it's really educational. And, but it's also like entertaining and uh, it's good at showing different perspective and, and um, I've really been enjoying it. it. I feel like if you like Adam Ruins Everything, um, you probably would really like Why well, It's Next Problem Areas. It's on HBO.
0: John, what about you?
2: So I've been, uh, through Audible, listening to a book you may have heard of called Last Call at the Nightshade Lounge. Yay!
1: Yeah. I met the author. <laughs> I, 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 I've met him too.
2: I finished it uh, c- uh, about a week ago. And really, really enjoyed it. It was so fun. And really a fun premise, fun characters. And Does was... Paul
5: read it or does an actor read it?
2: Uh, an actor reads okay. it. Um, and yeah, it was uh, funny hearing her vocal stylings of different characters. And
5: Oh, that's right, because the lead's a female. That would be weird for Paul to read it. Yeah. yeah. But it, really but it also, it also yeah. illustrates
2: kind of an, uh, a funny thing I've been noticing with these books I've been listening to through Audible is that guys can't seem to read women parts well. And vice versa. There's always like this weird like goofiness to it. On the guys' end, they always try to make the women sound sexy, and it kind of falters. Like it's like, okay, this is weird. Or in this case, the dudes sound like doofy. And not as a negative. I enjoyed it, but it was a an adjustment at first. When
0: so you it, have not listened to a Neil Gaiman book yet. I've not yet. No. There you go. Also <laughs> he I can say, read women very well. And okay, anything
5: cool. read by Jefferson Mays, if Jefferson Mays is the person who reads it, it's worth getting. He is a, he's really good at reading. Yeah, oh,
0: no, and, and the Men. guy who read um Game of Thrones. Like that okay. guy does a very good job.
2: Cool, cool, yeah. No, and I don't mean it as a negative because I enjoyed it, but it's, it's a weird thing and in some parts it's humorous because like I get this is a dramatic moment, but when you're trying to scream and like watch out as like as a woman trying to act as a guy it, it, sometimes it gets lost in. the... Watch kind of, out!
1: <laughs> Watch out! Watch out! Yeah. <laughs>
2: or uh, yeah. All of those were terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
1: which well, ones?
5: Which people talking were doing impressions of men?
2: <laughs> That's why I don't read audiobooks. But still, regardless, the book was awesome. And shout out to Paul. Cool.
0: And that was everybody, right? Cause Sam went first.
5: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Okay, so today's movie is I Tanya if you didn't notice when you clicked play on the episode. Um, this movie came out uh, late in the year last year and was another, much like our previous episode recorded today, uh, big oscar Beatty movie. Um, this one, I think, Better. won more and deserved more. Um, but we'll get into all of that after we do a breakdown. Breakdown. Breakdown? Breakdown. Uh, so Sam was so kind to volunteer this week because I was not going to make her do it. And she's like, well, no, I, I got
5: this shit. Because she looks fly as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I look fresh to death today, you
1: guys.
0: Uh-oh. I'm assuming that means Sam is prepared and can do this. Right? Right?
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, good. Great. I'm good. Cool. All right.
0: So here we go. I, Tanya, in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go.
3: So LaVonna Harding signs her daughter up for skate lessons, even though she's really teeny tiny and a soft four. Um, her daughter is Tanya Harding, a protege, and she is the uh, she goes on winning, winning, winning. She's awesome. She is the first U.S. woman to land a triple axel in competition. She's very athletic. She kicks ass. Um, and then on her way to the Olympics, she loses a spot to Nancy Kerrigan. Her shitty husband's bodyguard kneecaps Nancy. They end up competing anyway because everything's just shit balls. <laughs> this is the first time I've failed a guys, breakdown.
4: But, Sam, it's not your fault. <laughs> is nothing is anybody's no, fault.
3: It's
1: not your fault. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> you have no idea how happy I am to see somebody lose because we've had so many successes in a row right now. It's just like...
3: The story's complicated.
1: Uh,
0: it is very complicated. I should have just was... been like,
5: you know. You <laughs> <laughs> know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing yeah. I actually love about this movie is yeah. it turns out we don't know what happened. Yeah, Kinda not. No um,
0: one did. All right. Well, that was a wonderful failure of a breakdown. Thank you. Yes, Sam. Um, I didn't
3: even get to say
4: galooly.
0: <laughs> you really galoolied it. I, uh, oh god, <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> um, where uh, the the point place I want to start with this thing is: uh, Does everybody around the table remember what when it happened? Yes. 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 Yeah. We're all
1: yeah.
4: born in the '80s.
5: Yeah. Some of us were not born in the '80s. Yeah. You're born <laughs>
0: 79, right?
5: 78. Nah, it's cool. oh. I am an elderly person.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so old.
0: The rest of us were born in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if Sam was 90 or 89.
5: 88. Uh,
0: fuck, I'm off today. I'm usually pretty good with this stuff. Um, but yeah, so all of us were definitely around when it happened. But like, I was young. I know... I, I was, know I remember watching it though like I remember yeah. like geez. I was invested in it yeah, like, I, I was
3: really into figure
0: skating so, so was I. I I took figure skating lessons because like, like I was I was really into it. I hated
4: back it back in the know. 90s when America uh, together was really into figure skating was it because yeah. of the
5: Mighty Ducks no oh because in that That's movie there's a boy that becomes a, is like a figure skater and then he becomes a yeah it's
0: Danny uh <laughs> of Nickelodeon fame and but partial nothing like, else part of my interest was
2: like in watching these sports I was like ice skating sounds pretty fun And it turns out it is, you know, when you live in Fargo and like (laughs) it's ice all the time, yeah, you can you
0: can do that. But they, I mean, they call out to it at one point in the movie where they say this was like a ratings, like boon for them, and they weren't wrong. Like there was no way they didn't put her on the team. But there
5: was also no way they were ever giving her that medal. Yep, no chance. Didn't matter. She could have been floating on air. they would not have given it to her. She could have had the most flawless
0: run of all time. She would have been in the top ten, and which is where she kind of ended. She was in eighth, right? Yeah. Yeah,
4: but still, for her, that's pretty. She probably deserved better than that.
0: But there, there's no way. That's no what was way.
3: so interesting about this time in figure skating, though, because in addition to Tanya Harding, um, you had like Surya Bonaly, who was landing backflips, which are against regulation, but yep. she was so athletic and so powerful, and because she was a black woman. Never got the recognition she deserved. Like, I saw
0: her at the Mark in the Quad Cities. Did you really? I did oh. with Elvis uh, Costello, I think? Not no, Costello. Not Costello, Good Lord Stoiko. <laughs> Stoiko. Elvis Costello, a the really famed fun punk fucking... musician, and I got to see, skater. I got to
3: see Dorothy Hamill at the Mark for okay. Cinderella on Ice. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was such an interesting time because people were doing like unprecedented athletic feats. The the triple Axel. I don't even know that anyone they don't know that it's physically possible to do the quadruple. Yeah, for women so like they were literally like kind of maxing out human potential at this time in figure skating which is insane oh yeah yeah and it was and the sport was changing it's like it was really cool it's a yeah it was a neat time in figure skating And it was changing
0: because of people like tanya harding and like Mm -hmm. that's why that's why we were all into it and it's one of those things where it's weird now being in my 30s and being older and seeing these like movies from my childhood or like from events in my childhood being like current events. Cause I remember being a kid and having my dad like, "Eh, that's too early to make a movie. I'm like, Dad, that was forever ago. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, it's it's an appearance. I wasn't even in school yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and like this one, it's it's kind of interesting to be able to look back on it. And like, yeah, I remember watching all this happen. And I was one of those people who thought Tanya Harding was the person who fucking whacked it. I did it too. I, everyone yeah.
1: did. Everyone. Yeah. Or I at least.
5: That Galuli did. Yeah. Yeah. And and this movie was like, wait, what? He wasn't the one who hit her in the knees, and she didn't order it. Maybe yeah. well, she was like four people removed. Yeah. And if if <laughs> this fucking movie is Sean. to be believed, there's. No, hundred percent. Like we don't know a hundred percent yet. I if was. She did. No. I wasn't
4: on either side when I was watching this stuff happen because I just I thought it was unfair to Tanya Harding. I didn't think that she had that much to do. I knew she had something to do with it. I mean, I was a little kid, but I, I even at the kid at that age, I was just like, she's getting a bad rap, and I don't understand why.
0: I just
3: love that it paved the way for my girl Chrissy Yamaguchi. <laughs>
0: But like there there's yeah. there's really <laughs> interesting things in this movie that take from that period of time and that's kind of where I want to start with this thing is like th- this movie went for period accuracy in set design and performance and everything. Costumes are fantastic. Costumes. Yeah. Didn't give a shit about music. Music is not from the time period at all. They just kind of throw whatever. It's all whatever, whatever yeah. fed the scene. And that's kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, well, it
5: fits with the fact they do a lot of fourth wall breaks. and so Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it fits, a bit of fantasy.
0: It fits in the idea of us in 2017 or 2018 watching this movie. Oh, okay, yeah, the music works. But as far as like being a place in time, eh, it's kind of squishy on the music, but who cares? Yeah. I, I loved that about it. Yeah, it was...
2: There's there's so many of those technical elements and stylistic elements I love that it kind of juxtaposes against the weirdness of being like I remember this design I remember these kitchens these you you know appliances yeah the 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 (laughs) coats the jeans the the, corded phones the cars like bangs (laughs) yeah the bangs like all like. (laughs) the foam I hated with the cord
4: that goes hair. all the way
0: down to the basement I hate like, poodle yeah. hair
4: guys I don't understand why women ever thought it looked good on them there's there's no one that can pull off poodle hair except if you're a man in a hair band and then it's just funny it's, like, it doesn't make you look good
0: <laughs> Took some real personal toll on the I poodle hair I don't in this one. like it I hate it I mean I think Barbara Robbie looks good in whatever she does I think she did okay with the poodle hair
4: well they toned down the poodle hair you look at things of Tanya Harding in real life those oh, bangs yeah. were huge yeah that's true
0: those bangs
2: were violent. <laughs> she
5: bangs.
0: She bangs. That's
2: where
5: she gets I her I had her those secrets. bangs. You did. I, my yeah. mom's hairstylist did that to my hair. I'm and sorry. Once it's done, once those bangs are that long, that's the only way you can fucking wear them because otherwise they're in your face. So you have to take the curly brush and curl your bangs over so that they don't like get in your eyes. Yeah. And then and then awful. they
4: graduated to the hot dog bangs in the 90s. Which just
0: <laughs> chewy doesn't like bangs.
4: Not when they're like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um moving more about like just the, the time period. Did, did it ring false for anybody? Did everybody buy into it? I bought it. I bought it. Um, yeah. So you mentioned something about the set design when we were watching it. Do you remember now?
4: Oh. Which scene were we watching?
0: I don't know. You just mentioned like three different times like, God, the sets in this movie are so good. I'm like, Oh, I'll bring that up when we start recording. Was, like I'm doing right now. They did
4: just a great job capturing the Season, I guess. More like like the difference in seasons and the age it was part of. Because I think you might have been actually meant remembering when I talked about their makeup. Okay. Because I remember sp- talking about that specifically. Because uh, this movie does a great job at making everyone look their social class, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of movies will be talk about social class, but everyone will still look fabulous. And that's not true a lot of the time. A lot of times when you're lower class, you got a lot of blemishes on your face because you don't have the hive, the money to buy all that complex makeup to hide it or to buy the really nice clothes or whatnot. And they definitely showed the divide in classes, in class system. 'Cause a lot of times Tanya Harding does not look great. She doesn't look polished.
5: She's like, you polish her at next to Nancy Kerrigan and Nancy Kerrigan's yeah. posture is nice, her makeup is flawless, everything about her mm-hmm. says I am, She's I am a, princess. a lady. Yeah. What's exactly. so
3: funny yeah. though is Nancy Kerrigan's dad was like a UPS driver. Mm-hmm. She was also like really
5: working but class. She played the yeah. game better. Yeah.
4: She she polished herself up and she played that princess role and Tanya Harding just wanted to skate.
5: well the, And they do that in the scene where they're yeah. roommates in the hotel room where she's just like, oh, everybody thinks Nancy Kerrigan's this perfect lady. she Look at her. Like, she's smoking pot. She's doing the same yeah. shit I'm doing.
0: Yeah. The, the one thing that I wish they'd kind of touched on a little bit because they only kind of mention it, but they didn't really, they do a good job telling it. They did a, in my opinion, pretty piss poor job on showing it. Um, was they keep showing her stitching her own costumes. And like she's like, oh, can you... like She even says to the judge, if you give me $10,000, dollars we will get my own costumes and I'll look better. But they didn't really show anybody else's costumes. So I, I always thought that hers looked just as good as everybody else's. yeah, and yeah. I didn't know if that good was point. me not knowing what I'm talking about or did they just not show how much better everyone else's costumes No, they looked. didn't.
3: And that's what was really frustrating. Like, Nancy Kerrigan did wear like Vera Wang on the ice and stuff. I don't think she paid for it. I think she had people Sponsors, to help and yeah. sponsorship and everything because she was more... Palatable. And yeah, and that was what was really interesting is like they didn't show that juxtaposition at all.
5: That's a good point. They're relying on people to remember. Yeah, because even the
3: coach's fur coat still just looked like. A working class fur, you know, (laughs)
1: like not (laughs) Not to be well. And when we yeah, not to be a snob, but it wasn't like that was
4: black fox. That's not working class. It wasn't
3: like high end looking though. It It, wasn't like when you see like go to the opera or something. It wasn't. I don't know.
4: Compared to her rabbit skin coat, that. Black fox looked amazing. Well,
2: and when we watched all this back in the day, when we experienced it, like I wasn't paying attention to the fashion or the styling, and so to have that context, why you
3: watch skating though? Well, (laughs) as that age, it's just like these are
2: cool moves. This is like you're jumping around. This is like with swords on your feet. You, You know, it's like this is dangerous. This is cool. This is exciting. But the the idea of the class and the costume that context would have actually been really cool to have now coming back to it. When I was like, her costumes in this movie looked good, but like I didn't get her class from it because there was no context or comparison. That
5: pink thing was hideous, but but you never saw what it was compared against.
1: that's, That's true.
4: But that's honestly, that actually shows a little bit of class divide within itself because they're like, we need you to look pretty. And she's like, well, what does high-class people think look pretty? Frills and pink. It reminded so me of Pretty in Pink, yeah. when yeah. she shows up
5: with that dress, and she's like, this is a great dress. And I like, am like, it's really yeah. not. It's the most
4: <laughs> cliche idea of what a pretty princess mm. should look like, and she just went all in and on it, and then they're still like, we don't like it. And it's because there's a big difference between being able to afford the expensive fabrics that... No matter what, expensive fabric lays on the body different than cheap fabric. But You'll I, notice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wish they'd played with it a little bit more, though. I, I know this is a weird thing for us to harp on, especially for... Uh, no, it's not, because yeah. that but, was
4: the, what the movie was
3: trying to... It, it, this movie was trying to structure itself as like being pro-working class and therefore pro-Tanya. But at the end of the day, like she didn't give enough of a shit to play the game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, she was a good skater. But like I said, Surya Bonally was better. Nancy Kerrigan was arguably the better skater. And at the end of the day, like, it didn't have to do with Tanya's polish. It was just another excuse. So I don't know if the movie, but I think they, I don't know if it was like a purposeful choice to obfuscate the comparison between costumes and stuff or not, because I think it was just another example of Tanya pushing the blame on other people instead of like...
0: It's just weird that they decided to hit on it and then walk away from yeah. it. Yeah. Like, if yeah. they had just shown her stitching her own costumes the whole way through and never mentioned it, I think we would have been like, oh, okay, we know or she they, can't afford they costumes. they could have had
5: her just walk by a group of skaters and show them in the background even yeah. all looking yeah. glamorous. Because
0: they don't really – it's just a weird thing. They decided to hit on it and then – change their mind like it's like all right well if you're going to take it out then just take it out like it's not a hard scene to lift out of the movie it's
2: kind of like they would they assumed we would look at like Allison Janney's character and be like that's that's the connection we make compared to everyone yeah. else but it's like no she's she's not the costume in this it's like the costumes are give our uh, Tanya's character if it's yeah if it's everyone's fault but hers the costumes are going to have to reflect that
4: and just on a purely vi- visible uh filmmaking standpoint i know you wanted more from the costumes I think they did as much as they could because the other thing that they always said held Tanya Harding down was her artistry, and that mm. is a huge part of figure skating. And Tanya Harding always talked about her physicality and the things she could pull off, which is fantastic. Yes, you did that triple Axel. Axel, and it was beautiful. But if you're not doing like the flowy arms, the like the poses, the chest out, the head things, like there's so much that goes in with the physicality of the entire performance that if you're relying all on your technical skills, you're still going to get graded down. Well, and they did not really show that. They never gave us a juxtaposition between another figure skater's artistic prowess versus hers. We never got to see that.
0: It's interesting because, uh, especially since are recording both episodes in one day, but we kind of have the problem with both this one and the episode recorded before this, which was a disaster artist, where we're making these biopics about people that are still alive. And they are people who have signed over their rights and are like involved in the filmmaking in in a way or two, and you don't want to offend them. You want to be on their side. So you have these things where it's like, well, we could show Tanya being trashier and a little less polished and that sort of stuff, but then she might not like it and she might take away rights and then we would have a problem. Mm -hmm. So we have to show her being a great skater and show it from her point of view where we see how Tanya sees herself as this beautiful, elegant, wonderful skater.
5: I, f- I feel like there's a there's a I'm sorry. You, no, no, go okay. ahead. I feel like there's a solution to that 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 wouldn't have made her look bad. I mean, just sitting having a moment of watching Nancy, for example, which would have been perfect on yeah. ice, and having her coach be like, "See Tanya, see how she does X thing," and Tanya being like, yeah. "Fuck that, I don't need to do that. I'm fine the way I am." And then we would have had a point of comparison, but that would have kept with the existing theme.
0: Yeah, and you could have even had like because whoever did the the mocap. Or, stunt skating for uh, Margot Robbie was great. Like, you could have even had the same person do it for the Nancy Kerrigan person. Like, so you could have seen, like, no, I see everything the same. And you would have had this, like, I'm doing exactly what they're doing, like, but you're not. Cause otherwise you'd have the scores that reflect that. Then you could implicate us as viewers even more so. Cause as we watch figure skating, we're doing that. Yeah. We're
2: judging that on those same kind of prints, like those same uh, factors, whether we realize it or not. And to kind of play that against us in the movie would have probably been an interesting way to go about it.
0: Yeah, and I, not to say that I disliked the movie, I oh, really no, no. enjoyed the movie. I love like there's just but. like they they chose to hit on these things and then kind of walk away from them that I thought was just it was an odd choice.
3: That's where was, I, oh go that's ahead. where in general I'm still really not sure how I felt about the movie because I'm not sure exactly what it was trying to say. Um, I, I was hoping for a little bit more of the skating part of it. Yeah. And, and I thought maybe we were going to get some of it after she landed the triple axel. And she talked about how excited she was. And she's like, sorry, no one ever lets me talk about this. Because yeah. for me, that's the interesting part is she was kind of, if she was a victim of anything, I mean, besides like the horrific abuse. But in terms of the sport, if she was a yeah. victim of anything of these judges, it was um, the shift in how we score figure skating now where athleticism in women's figure skating is more rewarded than it used to be. And it's because of people like her and like Surya Bonali um, being kind of vanguards for that and, yeah. and kind of like victims of the transition. And I was hoping maybe they delve more into that and like how Galuli kind of fucked that up for her. Like she had an opportunity to make change and to be loved and to be a future because they show her signing that thing for that little girl And like kind of fucked it up with her anger and or his anger or whomever, you know, but it was like they they got so bogged down in the personal drama and the incident and then they like, wanted to turn uh, it back around on the viewers but then the movie kept going for 40 minutes after she says that it was like what the fuck are you trying to say I think that's the
4: theme of the movie they say it several times it's not, but, not about the skating but that's it's the, not all about the skating but that's the
3: problem is they didn't then make they didn't decide what it was about because the incident happens and then they keep plotting on and on and on and on and it kind of got muddled like what happened and when it happened and between nationals and the olympics and we never seen nancy and again This reminded me so much of three billboards and I think that's where my frustration was because it was like oh my god look at this poor working class victim woman and then the actual victim never gets shown we never see more than a profile shot of Nancy's face and I mean they fucked up her knee and that's what the if that's what the movie was about if that's what they wanted to talk about like be cool and then the whole time too like knowing what I know about figure skating and stuff, knowing that there was a more interesting version of this story featuring a person of color happening on the other side of the world. I was just like, Jesus Christ. It's like three billboards all over again. No,
5: I, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, I, Tanya, I really enjoyed, I love fourth. I'm, I'm think, obsessed with fourth wall breaks. I think this movie
4: is about her, not necessarily the incidents. It's a, it's a biopic,
5: but, but here's
0: where I, and this is where it gets interesting for me and why I, I really enjoyed this movie. And and whether or not I agree with it doesn't matter. The movie is totally on Tanya's side, and like, there's parts where they try to show like, yeah, she did fuck is up. It, but though, because a- it
3: feels like they're mocking her the whole time, even down to the last title card. She wants you to know she's a good mother. Like, yeah, I- yeah but they have it in her shitty feels, voice. But it's still in her. I don't her, think
4: that's mocking.
3: I
0: don't think. I think it's still in her like brand and her sense of humor. Like, it still felt like her the whole way through. But when you get to the actual incident, she essentially leaves the movie. And that's where I think like it proves that it's on her side. Because I don't think this movie tries to say that she was guilty of anything and was actually should have been implicated in anything other than bringing those people into their lives. That's what she was guilty of, of introducing them. But other than that, she didn't do anything, according to the movie. And the way they show that is by as soon as they get to the incident, she's like, that's what you're all here for, folks, the incident. And then she's out. For a solid like 25 minutes, there's next to no Margot Robbie in the movie. She's in the background of one scene, like, hey, do you still want to do it? And she's like, I don't care. And like they really play it as if she had nothing to do with it. And I thought that was kind of an interesting way to show the filmmakers and the storytellers point of view, as well as Tanya's point of view, without fully blatantly going, it's not her fault, because everything else they say is not her fault. They kind of say, it is her fault. And the one time she doesn't say, it's not my fault, they're kind of agreeing with her and they don't have her say it. I thought that was kind of interesting and a pretty smart filmmaking move to both be like very like preachy, but not being preachy
5: I want to go back to Sam's point a little bit Uh, one of my frustrations with this movie uh, and, and not even I love the movie I think it's great but it's sort of interesting timeliness in the fact that I think one of the points of the movie is that our society is inherently built to resist anything that tries to be different the problem with that is it's being told from the perspective of a white person in a very white field And I think, yeah, there are no people of color in this movie. And I just thought, wow, it's really funny to watch a movie about someone who's working class white feeling like the outside, which is very reflective of the current wave of Trump's America feeling Mm -hmm. right now. And that's why it resonates, is that there are a lot of white people in in, uh, lower income communities who have made themselves the victim. And I'm not saying that life is easy for them, but but they're sort of... uh, dismissing the concerns of people of color because they're saying, well, see, life's been really hard for me. And I think this movie speaks very much to that, that feeling of woe is me, my life's been so hard, when they're, they're not even, like, realizing the privilege that they have been given and and that they're, you know, it's just interesting to see a, a, a movie about being the outsider told with no people of color in it.
3: It's really fascinating, too, because her main competitors for the U.S. team were Chrissy Yamaguchi, an Asian-American, and Nancy Kerrigan, who also came from a working class background. And it was just like hmm. by telling Tanya's story in a vacuum and without the context of what was happening in the sport, and then kind of, and then it like wrapping that up in a, like kind of, it was cut like a comedy and shot like a comedy and had all these fourth wall breaks while she's, where she's getting the shit beaten out of her. It was just like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, it just felt to me like they were kind of just reveling in the misery of of it all and kind of poking fun like haha look at the poor girl and I, it just bummed like i it just kind of bummed me out it left me with an icky feeling as much as it was entertaining in the moment
0: the, the thing with the the especially the fourth wall breaking in the scenes of violence it's a really weird not necessarily bad but weird choice to try to undercut domestic violence brutal domestic violence with comedy because they do it a few times of like here's this really awful like she's getting her head shoved into a plane of glass and she's like and he beat the shit out of me it's like it's weird like they're pulling fucking guns on each other. Yeah, and like, that's, like I, I, that I get, never
3: happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean though, it's like, the fact that this is plausible right now, shouldn't we address no, I mean this? she like, that's what she's <gasps> no, like, I, know. I yeah. never
5: did this. But then he pulls yeah. a gun on her later yeah. and it's just like, a loaded Jesus. gun. Yeah. But, yeah. but, like, but <laughs> I think that was a great scene in the car where she she points out the fact that this fucking cop is not helping her. It's yeah. really yeah. obvious something yeah, is yeah. wrong and no one's helping her. Or when she's lying on, on the bed and she's looking at us and saying, well, my mom hit me and she loved me. Yeah I I thought this movie did a good job of showing how someone can convince themselves to stay into in in a an abusive relationship in a way that isn't all woe is me I'm so sad it's more like it's fucking fine I'm happy I you know and it's all just this facade for sure
0: yeah and I think they did a, a great job with that I just I feel like it was this it was an odd choice some of the time like sometimes I think they they missed the mark like they went for comedy over like commentary and it's like they maybe it wasn't the right choice whereas it didn't really registers a problem with me until the second watch. The first watch, I really had like next to no problems with the movie. My biggest complaint was this that I didn't want Allison Janney to win Best Supporting Actress because I wanted Lauren Metcalf to win it and that was the only reason.
3: And see, reason. I wanted the woman from Phantom Thread to win it, but they were all so fucking
5: good. <laughs> I actually did like Itania better than than Lady Bird because honestly, I felt Itania was more relatable to me as a person. I,
0: I like the movie Itania more than Lady yeah. Bird. I just I love Laura McAffan. Yeah. She did such a good job. And I love Alison Janney. She used to come to my Starbucks all the time and we were buds and she was mm. super cool. She like one of the coolest women in the world. She also plays
5: the game. Like yeah. she she plays that Oscar game. She knows all the names of people. She goes to all the events, all yeah. of that and
0: she totally deserved it. How she was great. wonderful.
3: Yeah, she was amazing. Like she, was, amazing. Wonderful. Like, she amazing. was
4: terrifying and that bird and like
1: <sighs> and her, out, scene, out, in the, her scene in the diner.
4: The Oscars, outside of the Oscars. Uh for this movie, I I'm just trying to think of like this perspective on the violence and how they decided to choose the tone that they did. And for me, I'm like I wish I could see the interviews. Mm. The actual interviews mm. because you like I think you mentioned it, Emily, about her sense of humor. I don't know if Brian mentioned it. But, like, you, Tanya Harding, everyone gives you the impression that she has an odd sense of humor. And maybe the way she described the domestic violence influenced how they shot it. And we just don't get that perspective. Because, like, a lot of times when I'm watching it, it's very harsh domestic violence. But she's never just down for the count. The entire time. like he'll punch her she'll say something to the camera and then she'll punch him and walk away Mm. like she's never just taking the abuse by herself she's still an active participant in the abuse in a way like because she's fighting back the whole time
2: no that makes sense it's just Well, and you might be onto something because we—I mean—I don't remember the interviews very well.
4: Well, they don't show them. I'm no. talking about the actual interviews
2: because yeah, they based
4: this entire movie off of those. Right, right. And we never got to see them.
2: To what you were saying, I was. I agreeing show with you. some of
0: them in the end credits.
4: Yeah, very. Um, of her mom and Giul- Giuliani, they never show the interview
0: with Giuliani. Giuliani.
1: Who
4: is more representable, <laughs> referen-
3: <laughs> Giuliani or Galooli?
4: But <laughs> galuli but. And then the stupid bodyguard guy, but they never show Tanya Harding's so, face. But, <laughs> but let us The only let, time they'd show Tanya Harding's face was with her uh, figure skating.
0: Yeah. Um, l- let's move a little bit more. We were kind of talking Alice Allison Janney. I kind of want to move away from the violence instead of just talking the whole episode on that. Um, but I kind of want to talk about the supporting cast. We mentioned Allison Janney. Did anybody else have anything to say about I, her? She that, was great. The,
5: the scene for me, the scene where she tells Tanya that she loves her and it turns out that she's just trying to get informed like or she's proud of her. Oh man. That that is like uh, and and I personally have had a lot of issues with my mom over the last couple of years and that to me I just I that's really hard to watch. Um cuz I felt I really that was the moment where I could relate to Tanya the most and I just felt absolutely that was just such a brilliant performance and so horrible and that, so mean. You felt the betrayal. I felt that betrayal, yeah. man.
0: That scene won her the Oscar, in yeah. my opinion. Like that, like, She was great the whole I way through. I still meant
5: everything it, I said. Yeah. But you bought it. In that yeah. moment, you're, you felt it. You are like, finally. And then to discover that it was a lie, it's just, it just, mm-hmm. oh. Because the audience was with Tanya in that moment. You were along for the ride. You saw how happy she was to finally, finally win her mother's approval. But here's the thing.
0: Lie. I don't think that her mom was lying when she said, I still meant I everything do. I said. I, I don't think she, because I don't, she lost. I
5: do. She was I using. Do. She was.
3: She was way smarter than Tanya. Oh and yeah. She kept Tanya dumb her whole life because that way she could manipulate her. And I think this was an instance of giving her daughter exactly what she knew she wanted. I mean, yeah, you could probably And then just for her own gain. If she really loved her daughter, she would have done that to her.
5: Exactly.
4: Yeah. I think the yeah. most yeah. honest moment from the mother was when they were at the diner.
0: Oh, and I want to see her face. And,
4: yeah. No. No. Uh, when, when she when they're talking when she, together. When she's talking oh, to yeah, her yeah, yeah. and she's like. I had a nice mom that got me nothing. Yeah,
1: type yeah, of no, thing. yeah,
5: That's That's a good scene. Uh, yeah.
0: It, it, it is. A, it's up there. It's one of my favorite scenes, just because of how. Oh, it See, was my favorite Allison Janney scenes when she chucks the knife into her.
5: Oh God, that was so funny! Like, that was so, the
4: one so like, moment her character went. I might have gone too far.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so horrible and funny. It's what we were talking about earlier with yeah. the violence. It was horrible and funny at the same time, and you're like, that I don't. I'm laughing, but this is awful.
0: Oh yeah, it, it's that moment of like, well. There's something you can never take back. Yeah. You yeah. threw a knife at me.
4: She thought yeah. she was going to dodge it like she was dodging everything else. And, didn't.
0: Oof. and it's uh. not a bad stab. Like she probably did even have to go to the hospital. She might need a stitch or two, but like you, still. Uh,
2: just, it's what happened. But at were, least a tetanus shot. They lingered on it in the right way. It's that moment where the dark humor worked, like where it hit. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent.
5: It's like, oh shit, I just did that. Oh shit, you just did that. What the fuck? What happens now? Yep. You know,
2: look at oh, how detailed I, that I, knife is. That's a really ordinary knife.
0: Yep. It's like, oh, I guess our relationship is forever different. And it's a really great very well shot well directed just very good scene in a can movie we, where i agree with sam where it's like they make a lot of weird decisions on pacing and tone i think that one was correct can
3: we talk about the i want to talk about craig gillespie for a minute because sure. i think that's what bugged me about this is he also directed lars and the real girl which left me with such a gross i, I don't I like did not that, like that one no yeah, i, I don't like that he it. cutifies mental illness and grief i don't like that he's cutifying domestic abuse i don't think he has a right to tell these stories And I think it shows. I think he thinks he's being clever and original. I think he thinks of himself as sort of Adam McKay because this was very similar to The Big Short and how it was cut together and shot. But The Big Short punching way the fuck up oh yeah this is punching way the fuck down and he has no right and i guess that's where for me in that context like knowing he was the director that's where i had the hardest time watching this and i think maybe if i had watched it not knowing him and not feeling how i feel about his movies i would have felt differently but
4: yeah i I don't have any since i never saw lars the real girl or even thought about who directed this i
0: didn't have any connection to it. i I knew that going into it and i kind of went eh i'll give it a shot because like i i usually try to do a three strikes and you're out like uh you've made three movies i dislike i'm not seeing anything else you make and this he's made one that i didn't like at all and then he made this one which i enjoyed um i i don't disagree with the problems you're pointing out but i i agree with you in the fact of he doesn't know he doesn't know what target to aim for a lot
3: yeah oh, sorry.
0: um and it comes really to fruition when it's like he it's the moments of like black comedy where comedy has no place, and that's why I think like sometimes it works. And like, those are the scenes like when the knife gets stuck in our arm, I'm like, okay, this scene, like the black comedy tone, tonally, directionally, performance, I think it all worked. And then you have other scenes where it's like, this isn't a moment where we should be laughing, and you went for laughs just because you know the next scene you're gonna need to laugh, or you need like this scene is so dark, you have the next within. Frames.
3: They should give him a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you'll have a moment yeah.
0: where like like, here's something horrible, and within three frames you have Alison Janney cutting in with a joke. And it's just like, mm. uh, Like, you could have just let us sit with that. Because you're not telling a happy story. Like, Tanya Harding's story, especially from this time period, and even the rest of her life, is not necessarily no, it's not a happy. happy story. She might be a happy person and made something out of it. But this moment in time is not uplifting. I don't no. think...
1: And, and- oh, go
0: ahead. Oh, and I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of these stylistic things the movie does in service of this
2: that by themselves, I like those stylistic things, talking to the camera, cutting in such a kind of a humorous way and doing all that. But yeah, like Sam, it left me feeling kind of like, unsure at the end of the movie.
5: I, 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 th- I think it really worked for me. I think it really worked for yeah. me because I felt like Tanya Harding isn't the kind of person who's going to sit there and be like, my life was so sad. Tanya Harding is totally, the kind yeah. of person who's going to be like, fuck yeah. you. I'm fine the way I am. There's nothing wrong with me. You're the assholes. It's not my fault. You know, it's that kind of attitude and I think having playing those moments as super serious would not have fit what she, like the, the personality that she espouses. So then maybe yeah. my
2: problem is I, I just, it's vague, my memory of her as a person I got the skating, I got the incident. You know, like there's a lot of things I'm, I'm having to pull back from a very vague memory. This movie, like as, Tanya,
3: seeks to wash its hands of all responsibility. <laughs> well, I really but c- I
0: think that works for Tanya Hardy. Like, I think, like if you're trying to tell Tanya Hardy's story, I think they made the right choice. I just think there's a few times where the landing wasn't stuck, that's but that's true. okay. And <laughs>
1: ah, the, the main reason I
4: like it, what you were saying, Emily, is I really connect with her on the level of fuck your pity. Like, I've never liked it when people pity me. It's not a useful emotion. Uh, And there's only one instance, one instance in this entire movie when she actually wants somebody's pity and she doesn't get it. And that's at the end when the judge takes away her right to ever have to do figure skating ever again. Like, that was the one time she asked for someone's pity and she didn't get it. Such a good scene. So, like, like, I'm on her side the whole time, it's true. But I don't... I, I guess for me, too, they kept
3: making a joke of how tanya absolves herself of all responsibility in these instances when that's the frustration is like she's a shitty person and like yeah she doesn't want our pity but she doesn't want to do anything to actively better her situation either you know and yeah and it i don't like the yeah it's just it's it's really tricky and i think for me i i I don't think that like com- being combative and violent in response to violence is- and like having that attitude, but still like not actively bettering yourself is is a response I admire. It's something I wouldn't that say I frustrates admire her, but you're I you're connect to it. Yeah. And I guess for me, I just find Tanya Harding such a frustrating character because she had this innate skill and was too stubborn to do anything with it. And and that's where I find the movie behaving like Tanya and Tanya behaving how she does. Just, I don't want to deal with it. There's better stories about figure skating at this time that yeah. could be told. But
4: this is I, Tanya. So but, yeah.
3: the, no, I know. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just saying, like, the re- this, there, this movie's function doesn't work for me.
0: <laughs> but there might be better stories, but there was no story as big as this one. Yeah. like
1: this is all any anybody figure talking skating.
3: About. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the, but this, I also even feel like the perspective of that, like, was so skewed in this in a way that just wasn't. I don't know.
0: The one thing that I thought was weird they included in this movie just speaking perspective is they really tried to make it look like they were trying to take Galu's side glue-y side into account. Like just by having him as one of like the the talking heads in between different parts of the movie is kind of it was an odd choice of, like it was a, this kind of bullshit like oh no we're listening to him too like it's both sides point of view and it's like clearly it's not
5: like, Well they col- cast Sebastian Stan who is inherently yeah. lovable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Although he plays a wonderful son of a bitch. Like in both yeah. this Yeah, he's and, uh, so good. If That's you've true. ever seen The Bronze I've mentioned the podcast before it's basically it's kind of... He's a douche in the bronze. It's kind of the same movie as I, Tonya, except with all fake people in the fake Olympics, but it's kind of hmm. the same thing. Um, Sebastian Stan plays a very different character in that one, though, but he's also in that, which is kind of weird. Um, but he plays such a good just, like, dullard. Like, he's just kind of an idiot like a well
4: he's he's like <laughs> to, he's toxic masculinity we're like i need to take care of my woman whether or not she realizes that she needs me she does and i'm gonna do this and she's gonna thank me later it's
0: not even that, that she needs me it's she doesn't know that she's mine she does well, not that, know that so she's my property I yeah think like, we
5: all have met men like yeah. That. yeah and, and, he,
4: and he, he's convinced that he's a good guy while he's
0: doing oh, it he, yeah he, he's a sure. great normal dude he's he, kind of meek I I, I imagine,
5: I mean, I know they base this off interviews, but I can picture him still today being like, well, I I did it because I loved her. It's not, yeah, yeah, even in in the, most of that didn't happen in In the finality of his interview.
4: He expresses remorse for his, I mean, like the one time when he really expresses remorse is like, I ruined her career. Like and it's still kind of about him. Like he his ruined choice. his meal
5: ticket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also love yeah. that how he, he started the interview by saying, "Sorry, I inflicted that mustache on the world," while also having oh that really Oh yeah. yeah. That was, <laughs> really
3: that was great. yeah. Sebastian Stan was great. He really was. Oh yeah. And yeah. It, it,
4: yeah. The
1: and then old,
3: he
4: has
1: a oh my
3: friend
4: God. that's even the oh,
3: worst. That guy is
1: oh The Sean. most God. deluded,
4: like experience. Like I. He, he fr- you're f- how frustrated you are with Tanya. I'm frustrated with the idea of anyone being around this person. Mm. Like, just, how
3: could you, you know, be like friends like with secret, him? Uh, I have a colleague
4: Urgent. who's very much like Sean, but like less
3: murdery. Same. Like, I- I I if I'm if a the same colleague. Agent. We'll have to compare notes because <laughs> I also <laughs> was thinking I, I have a
5: friend who's exactly yeah. like that.
3: Yeah. No, you
4: have friends that talk about not. things that they obviously no, do not I do. Have yeah, there's
3: so many people like that. I call them the I know karate kids because they're the little chubby kid on the playground that's like, I know karate. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, gonna I tell mean, my dad I, on you. I have a friend
5: who's a really great person, but he talks exactly like that guy <laughs> with the blinking and the kind of like I can't. Yeah, the, I, yeah. I, I, I can't. used to work with
0: the guy at Starbucks who was like that. Like we've all met people. Like yeah. Most of us, I have mean, met I've people. met
5: them, but I keep them as far
4: away from me as oh, I possibly cause, can. Cause yeah. My friend is horrible. Nice. Just, well,
0: I mean, they could be nice people, but it's just like the constant lying and like oh, yeah. and this guy's lying got to a point where yeah. he had the FBI come to knock at his door. Oh,
5: like, I, like, I, I like, guess still trying to be like I'm an expert. I guess the best way I can say
2: counterterrorism, and I'm like. Oh man, like, that line,
4: Brian. We've had people that we've run <laughs> into in deer, our lives, the terrorists. and I've described to you like how I have an instant like physical aversion to them, and I usually use the word desperate. Sure. Like when I'm around somebody that starts talking themselves up and like the false uh, confidence, making up stories about how great you are, it just has this like t- like. T- greasy feeling of, like, utter desperation for approval. And I have a physical, like, response to that. I can't be around those people. And so that's why I'm having it towards this character in this movie. But, like, I, every time he's on the screen, I was just like, I want to leave the room.
0: It really reminds me of... Uh, this is just for Chewy and I. am going to bleep his name. Uh Like, this character is... <laughs> the character, Sean, reminded me of that guy. Because it was just, like, this guy who would just... He... He's my best example of, like, oh, yeah, you know, I was just, I met with De Niro today and he he really liked my script and uh, he thinks he's going to make it with me if he has time. But he might not have time and, you know, it was just a phone call and, and you know, like, well, I scheduled a phone call with his assistant. And it's like, whoa, that fell apart fast. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to lie, at least stick to your original lie. And that's kind of the thing with Sean is like, Sean was just the best at, like, FBI shows at the door. We're here for Sean. I'm not him. Sean, <laughs> who's at the door? It's it's not me. Yeah.
5: Yeah." now I love the cuts of him going. I didn't tell anybody, and then immediately tells like every single person he's run into the past twenty four hours. It's a great scene. And
0: it's like we've met those people. Everyone knows somebody like that, and it's like, oh, but you're not. But I am. Yeah. But you're not. (laughs) But I am. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) If I was, (laughs) if I was ever like that, I apologize to everyone who was around (laughs) me at the time. Because if I was never self-aware to know that I was that crappy of a person, I really feel sorry for anyone who had to
0: listen to it. I don't apologize because it made I me know the I man would. I am today.
4: I was very Woo. different when I was younger and much more eager, and I would pretend that I knew more than I did, but I don't know if I was like this or not.
3: <laughs> that's different from being a pathological liar yeah. Yeah, and an expert Everybody in Everybody in L.A. name drops. That's, yeah, a, just that's a, a thing we all yeah. do. But, yeah, being but a, not I've everyone, already done everyone this is an expert once. in counterterrorism.
5: <laughs>
2: Sorry, that Counter Terrorism <laughs> slays me. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> They're
5: like, but you're yeah, but you're not, but I yeah. am. Like the whole room. Yeah, but we fucking we, there's here's proof in front of your face, and he's like, nope, just I do that like It wasn't me. I, he uh, says it was in a travel magazine a
4: while ago. This is like the type of yeah, ma- the tra- magazine no one would even know. Right.
0: I read about it in a travel magazine once. Yeah, okay. Cool boy! <laughs> um, is there anything we haven't talked about that we'd like to talk about? We're at about an hour in this thing. We can move into quotes if nobody has anything else. Well,
4: one part of the movie that made me really sad—if this happened in her real life, like I don't know if it happened the way it did, it's just when her dad left. Oh,
1: yeah. uh, because I, I had a hard time I'm watching.
4: I'm watching that going you could have been happy. I mean, I don't know. This guy might still have been a shit father. He is just leaving you and then not paying alimony or child support later on. But that's a whole timeline, alternative universe scenario where she might not have been a figure skater, but who knows? Maybe in that one instance, if her father had taken her with him, she might have been happy, and just like every time I watch it, I think about that.
2: That kid did an amazing job of the performance. it, yeah. it, it, it hurt me to watch. It, it was so good. Yeah, that so kid painful. is
0: everywhere right now. Like she's yeah. popping up and everything. I think I could be she wrong. She is
4: the doe-eyed blonde girl to cast.
0: I could be wrong, but she is in the cast list for it. I think she's little Captain Marvel. Oh. Um, I could be wrong. She's the only child in the movie, so she just might be a kid in the Captain Marvel movie. But it would make sense to make her.
4: Her eyes Captain do Marvel. not match up with um. Brie Larson. Brie Larson's so. eyes, but... Ah,
0: damn. Why There'll don't we have less Larson doe-eyed when she gets older? Um. Okay, so I would say let's move into quotes. Quotes, 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 quotes.
5: I like when Tanya says, I'm America's best figure skater. I don't want an Eskimo pie. Because <laughs> the two are related.
0: That, that's fantastic. Um.
4: I do like the, the first line we get from Margot Robbie when she comes on the screen as tanya harding is just her getting in another woman's face going you're in my way and that's all yeah. that's our intro to tanya harding is with Margot Robbie, mm. and that's
0: a pretty that's a very calculated first line yeah. like
4: <laughs> while being skewed by having braces yeah
0: yeah um my line was going to be this, and then I, I'm changing it, but I, I like the uh, just the moment of Margot Robbie talking to Sebastian Stan, like, so what are you going to do when that school's over? It's like, you bitches are in your 30s. Get the fuck <laughs> out of this high school bullshit. <laughs> um, but the line I, I will go with, it comes from Sean, because I think he just is so quotable throughout this entire movie. And it's when they're first discussing mailing the letters that eventually turned into breaking Netsk-Kerrigan's knee. Um, I probably shouldn't be saying his name. Derek.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: We didn't talk about their characters at all. Talk about two buffoons. Oh like, t- literal like, representations of buffoons who are in over their head. Why would you ever let Sean plan anything? Uh. He moved his car every 15 minutes to avoid suspicion. Uh. Oh, no, Bobby, got a volley, by the way. We did so not talk good. about
5: That was amazing. And that was like one day of shooting. And he just, oh, yeah. It like, was so great.
0: Yeah. Well, he was busy with Jumanji.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Putting on his eyeliner. Yeah.
3: That takes days.
0: <laughs> Next.
3: Uh, when Tanya goes up to the judges and says, suck my dick.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, I've mentioned it before. It's the scene with, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the counter-terrorist. Sean. Sean. <laughs> and his like that, no, you aren't. Yes, I am. Exchange. Just the, the eye lilt and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of like the, oh, okay, yes, I am. Okay. No, you're not. And just that slow
0: speech. Delivery. Perfect. So good. Uh, is that everybody? Yes? Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so review system today, I think, should be easy, but we'll see. Biopics. Any and all biopics.
5: I didn't think immediately. I knew no matter what you said, I knew what movie I was going to pick because the perfect companion piece to this movie. What's Love Got to Do With It? Okay. It's about a woman who became super famous and is still alive, and her husband beat the shit out of her, and she got out of that situation. She's had a much more successful ending to her story, but it's really good.
4: I'll go with Walk the Line, because... It's about a very flawed man, Johnny Cash, who I had a very strong uh, attachment to in my youth. And it's also a movie that shows some of the really shitty shit he did in his life. Like, he he did terrible things. He cheated on his wife, he did a lot of drugs, he was kind of a violent man for a long time until he got sober. And the movie shows it, but you're always on his side the whole time. like. Because, it, again, it kind of glamorizing it in a way where it's like, yeah, he did this stuff, but it's okay. Because later on, he, he he was really okay. And it's a great movie.
0: Let's see. That was going to be mine. So oh, sorry. So I will change gears. And I'm going to go... This one's it's a little connected. It's a little not. I'm going to go with Man on the Moon. Um, and I'm going with because clearly the people involved are trying to pay as much respect to the person that the movie's about as humanly possible... I don't think I, Tonya nails it quite as well as Man on the Moon did, as it's just a love letter to Andy Kaufman. But I think they both did a pretty good job of just like, hey, we just want to show these people and their side of things.
3: I'm going to go with the big short because I referenced it earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah that works. Well-edited story <laughs> about shitty people who are still alive. <laughs>
4: is, is that a biopic
3: about Wall Street? Like, <laughs> It's about real people, I guess. It's,
5: it's
3: a It's a group of real people who did a lot of shit. Who dicked over a lot of innocent working class folks? One of them felt bad about it.
2: <laughs> I'll go with uh Raging Bull. Because of the boxing connection. Also it The boxing connection. like that for a movie. It has some uh, cool stylistic things, but you know, what I mean
0: it's not really exact in some what it's saying. Cool sights. It's one of the most well-shot movies in history. Like it, it it changed the game of how you shoot movies, and it has some cool things. That is the most like downplayed way to describe (laughs) *Raging Bull* ever. Yeah, I'm nothing
2: if not downplayed.
1: Brian, remember how he
4: downplayed *Horizon Zero Dawn* for you? Oh
2: my god, that one too. (laughs) John, yeah. I've you start- were I've great. Started, I've started doing that after overhyping things to you. And yeah. having points, so now. Yeah. yeah, you're
4: really good at making somebody. I could end up loving something else then. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. British. You know yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it, was it a good did its job well. Raging right? Bull,
0: yeah. I mean, it was shot well. <laughs> it was shot amazing.
4: I had some neat camera
0: movies. <laughs> I don't know why it was in black and white. <laughs> I was an actor
1: fellow in that movie that's I have still never seen decent. Raging Bull. Uh, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> die. Brian, uh, Brian has lost it.
0: <laughs> Movie's amazing. Uh, no, but what this
2: points out is like I think I've seen as far as biopics go, *Raging Bull*, this movie, and *A Beautiful Mind*.
0: That's about it. I would bet you've seen more, and you. But I just don't realize it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no,
2: wait, *King's Speech*. But that, like, *Itania* is like years uh, above *King's I Speech*. Hate *King's Speech* so much.
0: Everything um, is above *King's Speech*. *King's
4: Speech* is perfect Oscar fodder.
0: It is. It is the quintessential Oscar.
4: I date. want an Oscar.
0: Um, all right. But that brings today's episode to a close. I will do our quick round of plugs and then we will get out of this thing. Uh, be sure to check out our, our other show, Adventure Bros., Adventure Brothers Podcast, uh, and read our articles on athpod.com. That's it for me.
5: Uh, I'm not doing any commissions right now so if you want a costume especially if, if you're not local you can order a 13th doctor cosplay coat from my etsy shop called emily blake so's if you are local even if you're not we can work it out and you want a cosplay costume you know sdcc's coming up kids uh emily blake Doctor. yeah youngins, youths
2: <laughs> anybody else have anything to plug uh just uh check out our, our youtube channel where we're putting our episodes on that's about it i
4: already made my plug
1: joke oh no yeah Yeah, that that was fun oh
0: Oh, you know I will say this one last thing for me Um, if you are a fan of Fiverr I have an account on there under Censor Lord Censor is spelled with a Z Uh, pay me five to ten bucks I'll read your script and send you notes I've been doing it for a girl from Sweden who has been writing a very epic Uh, trilogy that I can't say anything about but it's been a lot of fun reading that and then I've been doing it for a few other people Um, and I've gotten pretty good feedback on my feedback so apparently I know what I'm doing so if you'd like to hire me on there check it out I also offer to cut and edit podcasts for people on there as well but nobody's taken me up on that one yet even though I've been doing this shit for six years Uh, that's it for Emros right Right? Bye. 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 bye